Hello and welcome to Radio Free Nintendo. It is January 23rd, 2020, and I am James Jones, and I'm joined today by Mr. Guillaume Vayette. Excited to not talk about great games this week. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just thinking of what the implications of that could be. Um, well, so it, any any talking about great games would be accidental, pu- really. Purely so. incidental. Yeah. I'm also joined today by Mr. Greg Leahy. No way, away, everyone. And uh, John is out. I believe we announced on the show he'd be out last week but he's out um we are uh going to do kind of a shorter episode we've done a number of of long episodes and we're we're doing a little bit of a, of a step on that and also we just recorded a patreon episode which is probably already live if you're hearing this so as always for one dollar a month you can listen to now seven episodes of us saying other things besides what's normally on the show Guillaume, what did we do this month Oh, one of my brilliant ideas. Uh, we did a Double Dragon movie club. And uh, yes, Greg, there was a Double Dragon movie. Apparently, Greg had been living a blessed life where he was not aware. I know. Yeah. I think I've spent all these years walking around being miserable when I didn't know how good I had it. But, you know, it's just, <laughs> uh, and then you have to if go make it was. If you can't piece together from this, it's a bad movie. Uh, but if you want to hear why it's a bad movie, well, for $1 or over at patreon.com slash NWR, you can find out. That's right. You right now can give $1 and we will save one and a half hours of your life by spending one and a half hours of your life telling you how bad the movie is. That's right. You save zero time and may in fact lose a couple minutes, but you don't have to watch Double Dragon. Yeah, the movie. You're always afraid in that That's time. Right. You don't have to pay attention. You can just hit play and walk out of the room. I won't be offended. Look, it's fine. Just give us your money. I mean, you're not giving us your money. You're giving Nintendo World Report your money. That allows us to, you know, have a website. Because that costs money. And I'm telling you, ad revenue kind of sucks, y'all. It's tough. It's tough out there. Gotta get that cash. Gotta give us that cash. This is a less effective appeal than some of my previous ones. I'm gonna go ahead and acknowledge. Um, Alright, well... And on that, we'll say um, attempt. Uh, we're going to start the episode, which I haven't told you is episode 657. I have become aware recently that there are people in the Nintendo World Report Discord counting down to 666. You fucking oh, monsters. Oh, yeah. The hell, man. thought that's where it's going to open. <laughs> it's just going to be a regular episode. We're gonna it's strictly an auditory hell, man, if you understand. Oh, yeah. But I mean, a hell, man, nonetheless. Hell is an audio medium. Yes, uh, it can be. An audio apocalypse? I don't know. Uh, what I, are we I'm, doing? We're we're uh we're reviewing the Star Wars Christmas album, not the Christmas special. That's a different thing. We're talking about audio hellmouths. Yeah, when and... it gets to episode six six six, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do something. Uh, it, I mean, pretty much anything we do will be regarded as appropriately cursed or whatever. <laughs> but we'll try and make it somehow. Distinct from the what usual. if we just do a regular episode? Like, yeah, that's, like, that's what I was gonna say. Like, wouldn't it be like the worst thing when that uh, or the best thing would be to completely ignore it? Just you know, no, not like, acknowledge it in any way. What if we did like a hyper successful professional episode? Like, like, like a really like 
you could put ads in this podcast level professional episode. Like from the Vox Media Podcast Network comes Radio Free Nintendo. Like that kind of shit. And then it's like episode six, six, seven. It just immediately starts with me screaming at John because he did something right before we hit record that was incredibly horrible. And the only reason why I'm not going to have to end the show is because he didn't record that horrible thing he just said. Um, yeah, like that's that's how that's how long I think we could keep that going. But that's 11 episodes away. Why are we why are we stalling? We have email. Emails are well, can be sent to RFN at NintendoWorldReport.com. I'm not going to make you do it. I'm not going to come to your house and make you email us, but you really should. You really should send us your questions because that helps make this show, well, a show. Like, the email segment wouldn't work if we didn't have emails. We could fake it for a little while, but, I mean, eventually... Uh, you've you're, done it in the past. You're going to catch up? <laughs> well, no. That was... A, I, I did listen to the show, and as a listener, I sent an email. It is a perfectly legitimate use of the terminology. <laughs> and I did not send the email. Um, and I would also make it clear that only one person wasn't in on the joke. So... <laughs> I mean, you guys didn't know it was that was that was the email, but you knew the email was coming. And if you knew the email was coming, it was not a long step from there to, oh, this one sounds like it's written by a crazy person. I bet this is the email. And, you know, you, because from what I understand, you're quite into the old internet sock puppetry these days. So. <laughs> the podcast is aware of itself, and therefore it is written by an AI that's been trained entirely on the podcast. I never said it was alive. I said it was self-aware. It was a different things. I know. I know. Our, Personally, our, I will only acknowledge that word if it's pronounced self-aware. <laughs> That's a different. Uh, I don't even know what to make from that. So we're just gonna move on. It's only delivering exposition in T two. That's what it is. Oh, okay. I I I've blocked out all the words from T two. They're not important. <laughs> They're not. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the first email. Um, again, rfan at attendworldreport.com. I almost gave you all the wrong email address because I've been knocked off my. It's it's late. Uh, Marcos writes, "Hi everyone. So after the last Smash DLC reveal, a lot of people were disappointed, and others were actually mad when the character was just another Fire Emblem Sword guy. I see all kinds of reactions, but there was a popular Twitter thread that called my attention." There was a popular Twitter thread that was called to my attention. The guy pointed out that the reason people were annoyed by Byleth's is the is that the inclusion was just a commercial for three houses. I don't agree with this, but you guys are the quote experts. Uh, well, quotes are well placed there. Do you guys think that this is the case? Does Smash really work as a selling vehicle for other games? What do you guys think the remain? was the reasoning for this character choice. I saw a guy saying that Sakurai killed arms because Springman was just an assist trophy. Seriously. Thanks for the podcast, and have a nice day. So, I, so the, the question is, does Smash sell other franchises? Yes. Yes! Yes, it does! Hmm. Absolutely it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we uh, talked well, about it last with, week. Yeah, with the whole, yeah, the fact that the, the Melee characters kind of helped popularize uh, the series and bring it to the West for the first time and all that. So, I mean... I mean, not I, just that. I mean, the series was dead in Japan. Like, it had been the Super Nintendo. 
Like, so we were... I know, but I mean, there was a Super Nintendo game that was, like, ridiculously late, wasn't it? Like, 1998, which is... Oh, that's true, yeah. It's only, like, three years before Melee comes out. God damn! (laughs) Again, that felt longer back then. It Uh, did. uh, Although that's a reference (laughs) to a different podcast. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, I mean, clearly there is a, uh, a commercial kind of synergy to be achieved, but at the same time, I don't think it's fair to say that that's you know, all that was going on here. You know, certainly there are plenty of other characters uh, that they've done that you know is not really doing Nintendo any favor. You know, just kind of like publicizing SNK's whole history from the OGO onwards or whatever was was not really that self-serving in a commercial sense. So even if this inclusion were more in that vein i think it'd be forgivable but also i think it has to do with the fact that sakurai genuinely sort of seems to like the fire emblem franchise and uh you know kind of enjoys putting characters from it into the games i mean that's yeah uh, i mean i think what's surprised it didn't surprise me at all that this character you know came uh, he's coming uh, to Smash Brothers because you have already had two of the kind of um, player insert characters from previous Fire Emblem games, um, you know, Awakening and Fates. So it it, it would it would sort of fit that pattern. Um, the the only thing that surprised me was that it was part of the current pack because the current right. pack set a precedent for things that has not been in smash brothers before and i think that's really why you know this has probably gone down with a bit of a thud um because in some circles because i think you know that 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 the bar was set with the first four and then this didn't meet that bar you know i mean it, it it's it, it, it very clear when it's when you could say things like, "Oh yeah, you know, all these songs will just mix together with all the other Fire Emblem stages right. that are already in the game." It's like that's nothing like like this massive treasure trove of SNK remixes, um, <laughs> you know, or com- you know, people getting to do banjo music, or it's it's just it's not the same. It's not nearly the same. So well, it, I, I, it doesn't shock me that it's kind of been a bit poorly received but and it it suggests to me perhaps that it's possible that this could have been something that was originally intended for a latter pack that, that got bumped up for some reason even because it just it, it seems so out of sync with the others even uh, well, even they must have felt like it would be an awkward fit i i would i would argue two things one um this is something you haven't seen in Smash Bros. before. We have not seen this character, therefore here it is. I think, I mean, remember they told us back at the beginning that the five characters were set by Nintendo before they really got going. Yeah, I, 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 I know. I, I, I do enjoy that because it was said again, you know, for the next six packs. Right. It was basically like, I love the Sakurai sort of combination of, of, of sort of, candor <laughs> it's just like well you know, don't pester me about what to make the characters because they're already set however right. simultaneously um do spend the money even though i regret i can't tell you what you're spending it on right or mm-hmm. or even I, strong... we, I know what you would be spending it on but i can't tell you it yet my, my but favorite spend part the money about anyway. it is... 
is him basically saying, don't spend the money unless you really want to. It's like, <laughs> yeah. just, just, just don't put it up for sale. But also, here's this ancient armor set for your me fighter from Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like, can, can, we, can we briefly touch on the fact there was a court ruling today in the EU about Nintendo and digital pre-orders, and they somehow managed to get around the, the European courts? Like, or the European courts actually gave them a win on something, which is unheard of if you're a foreign company, for the most part. Um, just is. It's the way it is. And, like, at the same time, Nintendo themselves are like, man, digital pre-orders are stupid. You shouldn't do it. I, say, and- I, like, I, I like the fact that Sakurai is simultaneously sort of candid, but also duty-bound to say, but really, you should purchase it. I mean, I don't know why yeah. you would, but you should. <laughs> it's... it's- <laughs> Pretty. I just, it's just we have this third voice of we have Sakura giving us two distinct Nintendo voices at once, and then in Europe they're giving us this third one where they're like, "Well, they entered into a contract when they bought these games. That's that was a decision between them and us. They decided to buy this game. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, just don't put it on pre-order. It's fucking DLC. Like it, you're not gonna run out. You're not gonna yes, run out. There's, the, the- there's, there's an infinite supply. Uh, uh, you God. know, fear of missing out can get the best of us sometimes. And uh, so they, they do, you know, like when uh, they, they put for um, pre-order the, the, the DLC for Breath of the Wild, you could get a Wii U shirt for your Link. Uh, it didn't make any <laughs> freaking sense, but not a Wii U, but well, it, it was a Wii shirt. Yeah, it was a Switch shirt for the Switch. I don't know whether there was an equivalent one for Wii U or not. I think it was, yeah. Probably yeah. Not. But anyway, I don't remember. But, but you yeah, still, like, but so, you still get that stuff if you buy it at the end. It's not did, going did away. You? Yeah. Okay. But but yeah, only I if you buy, buy them both at the same. Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes right. I'm sure in some cases there has been more of a kind of uh, early bird thing, you know, that that's maybe did run out after a certain length of time. But yeah, I mean, look, the point is. There's definitely some commercial motives in play. I think, you know, in many ways, we should be just sort of glad that, you know, some of the other picks were not, you know, so governed by that. Um, but I th- I've just felt like, I, I kind of felt like when they said there were going to be more characters beyond the five that would been originally announced, I felt like this was going to be one of them. Because it was just oh, yeah, it, it, I, the I pattern that. that we've had of Fire Emblem, you know, it, sort of characters. And like I said, since we've had the kind of self-insert character, as because you know, there was a time where that character was not on on the battlefield. You were just like an unseen strategist, right? Yeah, um, I mean, they would but, talk to you, but you were just there. Yeah, but like, when that became an actual kind of character. Uh, you know, and you know, especially awakening and fates and now three houses. It just kind of it made too much sense to me, as I've said many times. Another starter Pokemon, or, or certainly a kind of prominent Pokemon from the right from the um the Sword and Shield kind of uh, generation that's just started is pretty much a lock as well. Um, and that you know, similarly, you know, it's not going to be terribly exciting. I mean, when they announced Incineroar, I don't, as I think that was like the last announcement, wasn't it? Incineroar and Ken for the for the, so. for the base game, like that didn't go down that great because it's just like, oh, you know, well, we've already got yeah. lots of Pokemon and Charizard is already in the game as 
uh, you know, part of Pokemon trainer who's a you know a, a starter Pokemon evolution that's a fire type. Like it, 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 it's 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 very much analogous to that, really. Um, but I, I think we're going to get more of those because I doubt the six is going to be kind of dominated by things that are entirely new. Um, right. But I do think there may be a few that will certainly be newer, you know, than um, than something like Fire Emblem and Pokemon, which obviously Pokemon inclusion goes all the way back to the original Smash Brothers and then Fire Emblem back to Melee. Well, I think the other thing you have to keep in mind about about this is something that he noted was that he had got he got a copy of Three Houses before it came out and then he just fucking marathoned it so he would have enough time to make the character. Which gives you kind of a timeline of how long it must take them to make this these characters because this is saying Three Houses came out what in the in the early summer, right? And so the, this character's coming out in January, so that means he probably got the game back in the spring, so eight to ten months before the character could come out. So I mean, it takes it takes a little while to 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 bang these things out. So I mean. I, I think their reaction for this was like, yeah, there was definitely a certain amount of like, wow, people are are more displeased than I expected. Uh, I wonder if it's just, you know, I talked about it when, when the last when they announced uh, Terry that like one of my favorite things about this fucking this whole fucking thing is I just get this charge out of the. I cannot believe they're doing whatever the fuck they were doing. And I not only did I not believe it, I fully expected it. Like I did I wasn't you're right, I didn't expect it to be this character, this slot. Yeah, this slot. But, that's the thing. But like I I knew this character was coming. No, I was I, I felt it was very high probability once we got to the point that we knew there'd be more. Um, I think Byleth just kind of sucks, which I think is the larger issue. Yeah, like, so I, I mean, I've not played Three Houses, um, you know, to comment on it in that context, but I guess it is interesting. On the one hand, the fact that you know, you have another kind of self-insert character, you, know, kind of, you could look at it as being likely from that point of view that a precedent yeah. has been oh, set. Oh, yeah. It was but, good. If it was anybody in that, it was going to be Byleth. On the other hand, you could say, well, goodness, can we not have, you know, a Fire Emblem character that's a bit more sort of off the beaten path, like that's not just Fire Emblem protagonist, that's actually, I, I, you know, like more of a side character, more of a villain, maybe, you know, like... An axe user, maybe? Yeah, even, I mean, of course, what we do have here is some different weapon usage, and, it's, and you don't... The, the counter is not the the sort of like mainstay of the character that it usually is. I think with with most of the Fire Emblem characters, um, so but it's it, it's it's different. I mean, it's interesting actually looking at the way when I was was watching Sakurai demonstrate the different weapons kind of made me thought of like well you know this this concept probably could have been done i mean not that you know you don't have characters that have somewhat similar kind of you think of link from going all the way back to the original smash Bros. you know how many of link's tools are used you know bombs and arrows and the hook shot and all that but you know, in this case, it kind of felt like you could have done a similar thing with like a monster hunter character that it uses different, uh, you know, the different kind of weapon classes as its special moves, or even you know the astral chain sort of characters, like you know the the different forms of the 
you know the 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 uh, the, the were they legion or chimera i forget <laughs> the, yeah. the nomenclature yeah, yeah. but you know they are effectively like different weapons and stuff like again like the this concept i think the problem is is like you know it, it there is bringing you know something a bit new in terms of the play mechanics of the character but it's going to be probably dismissed by a lot of people as just another fire emblem character because it is in fire emblem clothing if you if you i think if you'd done this as a monster hunter character or something uh, i think not only would it have been like more positively rewarding sort of um perceived because it's a different franchise although monster hunter has some representation already uh, with the Rathalos or whatever it is, you know, in there as an assist trophy and whatnot, but also just would have been more willing to give the character a chance in terms of how it plays. Now, I, we have to see, you know, when it actually comes out and people get their hands on it, maybe they'll warm to the mechanics and stuff, but it's just, it's a shame, I think, because that, um, because the expectations, you know, have become kind of misaligned for that fifth slot with what we ended up getting. I think it might not get a fair shot when there's so many other characters to for people to try. Yeah, I so I mean to get to the question of like did Nintendo put this according to Sakurai's version of events, Nintendo picked the characters. Did Nintendo pick this character to promote three houses? Of fucking course they did. Like of course, like brand synergy matters and Smash is their Smash is not the biggest seller on Switch. It's like the number two. Like, yeah, of course. No, of and, course. and I mean, the, it's, it's uh, with Fire Emblem, it's more the kind of thing that would actually benefit. I mean, you know, oh, I yeah. they will Exposure do things. matters. They will do things like, oh, you know, we should reflect the fact that Sun and Moon have come about, so he is Incineroar. But it's like they don't need to help sell right. Pokemon. You know? But <laughs> if it could, then do it. But the, the other thing to keep in mind is that... um. They would have made this decision months before the game came out. Sakurai said he had to get an advanced copy of the game before it was done to be ready. It's not bef- not like get oh I got a release copy early. Like he had a debug unit, so he had a he had a potentially not finished game, which means they yeah, made this and, decision. And, and I do like the fact that you know being able to actually play the entire contents of that game, which has so many characters, led him to choose the main character yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like that's, well that was really uh, really necessary i mean look you've got way more to it than that you've got the stage you know all the different sort of yeah, bits that no, it goes through I, I, all I the background characters and all that but it, it does the idea of him like be a marathoning and like not leaving his like seat for days to come to the conclusion of I should use the main character. Is, is See, I, I took funny. that as one of Sakurai's like his weird sense of humor. Like I, I took that as him making a joke of I had to play the entire game to decide to do the main character. It's like no, you didn't. You just you just wanted to do the main character and you needed a good excuse. I get it. But um, the the this decision would have been made before Three Houses did well. And let's be clear, Three Houses did not do Smash Brothers well, so even if it was made after, which we know it wasn't, um, there's still a huge untapped audience that this will put that And then, And then on. you've got the whole, I mean, you know, how much this, how tightly this would have been lined up all in advance, I don't know, maybe some of it just comes together later as kind of schedules 
kind of uh, yeah. fall into place. But then you, especially when you compare it with the DLC uh, announcement uh, for uh, Three Houses, you know, with the whole uh, right. abyss section in the basement or whatever, then you know the, it 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 only makes it it probably. It's only going to lead people more to the feeling that it's just like a you know a glorified promo or whatever. But I I I, I don't think it's like it's probably it can be not, both. It, it can yeah, be exactly. A promo I don't think and it's, be a, a a loving entry in a series that he cares about. Yeah, like I said there's there's a pretty deep connection with these franchises going a long way back. So it just doesn't surprise me at all uh and i i don't think it has to be like kind of cravenly sort of promoting but at the same time it's one of the things that um you know smash brothers is is so important to nintendo for the fact that it kind of it's this mutual reinforcement thing that you get with um right. big crossovers that of course you know is is very much you know proven its power in movies today that the the notion that if you when you have the all these things coming together it just kind of confers a feeling of like connectedness and meaning to things that otherwise they wouldn't have and, gravitas and, yeah like, exactly you know just, uh, just so and you know, I said that that has benefited Fire Emblem in the past, and you know, it would be nice, I guess, in a way. Uh, I guess this is probably where people are coming from when they say about um, like it killed arms by not having an arms character or whatever. <laughs> it, it would be nice in a way to see it conferred onto some of Nintendo's other properties if you're gonna stick within nintendo's well i think it's wonderful that it gets conferred on the things that are not nintendo properties that it's not like directly in their self-interest but also if you know with these six characters in the future it would be nice to see okay, yeah you say fire emblem it's doing fine now save something else <laughs> like, well, also i think i think this goes back to the previous statement though about about how long this came into being arms's timing just sucked like there's a certain degree of like arms' timing was not I mean Sakurai said it. It wasn't it wasn't right for its inclusion here. And so they ended up with the with the assist character. But I mean if Nintendo had gone to Sakurai and said look, arms is important to us. Yeah, yeah, you thou shall do an arms character. There will be a Springman in this game. Or or a Min Min is now in. Put it in. It would have been okay, done. It's in. Congratulations. You you will now have your your noodly appendage girl in the game. But even Nintendo has deprioritized arms. Sakurai had no. You know what killed arms? You know what killed arms is pretty straightforward. Splatoon two killed arms. <laughs> yeah, like a month late. <laughs> Splatoon two arms sold a million units. That is an unqualified success for what that game is. But if you want to know what took Nintendo's eyes off arms, what put it in loving affection on something else, Splatoon fucking 2. And you know what Splatoon 2 got got by? Hey, it's called it's called Smash Brothers. Like, uh, Nintendo... Yeah, so Nintendo killed arms, really. Yeah, well, Nintendo yeah. is responsible for the... Uh, the mess that is playing online on the Switch, uh, the, the whole, um, you know, you need like this, uh, like audio splitter to be able to talk to people through your phone that you're playing with on your Switch. Like they, all these decisions go back to Nintendo. So, um, well, yeah, don't, don't, 
don't just look at Sakurai for, for yeah, for that's that, that's that's definitely. I think it's more in the, 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 the it trickles down. If 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 it's anything, you know, the priorities trickle down from Nintendo to Sakurai in that case. I I, I doubt yeah. very much it could possibly go in the other direction. Although like I say I do think. Yeah, he his input is very important in terms of what they. Yeah, Sa- Sakurai do. is a respected voice inside that company, even though he doesn't technically work for that company. Like if if he wants something, there's a very real possibility he will get it. But uh, what what when would he have put arms in the game when they in in lieu of these four other first times no obviously not obviously no, certainly yeah splatoon and splatoon characters like for the base game were definitely ahead of it in the queue because right. you know, i would assume just because of how uh you know they they'd already sort of achieved a foothold with the wii u game um yeah. you know and then they were probably you know even after that there was what probably one of nintendo's first kind of uh, thoughts was like yep the next time we do smash brothers they're going in <laughs> well it, and, and it would have been important for japan like uh, especially yeah um so honestly it, it's kind of a miracle we don't have cart from mario kart at this point but... <laughs> yeah no it, I, I, exactly i i i, I kind of feel like you know this this is just like this is more like what you probably should have always expected the characters to be. They just right. kind of outperformed expectations up to this point. Yeah, they outran the coverage for four plays, basically. And it's like, well, this time, this time they're right where we expected them to be. I, you know, it, it's still like the characters we got in the first four DLC slots are so confounding that. This this fifth one, you know, I look at it, I kind of go like, eh. If, if, like, I, I'm not excited about about Byleth, because I think Byleth kind of sucks. Um, well, I said, that's got to be, I, I think, you know, the, the one thing that's that's like a whole, it's like a separate layer to it, in a way. Right. Just the question of, for people who have a lot of affection for Three Houses, or, you know, were fully expected a Fire Emblem character, maybe they just wanted a different kind of Fire Emblem character. And I'm not talking about mechanically, which right. is what, what Sakurai chose to kind of go out of his, you know, even worked it into the bit. What's the that? You say there's already a bunch of swordsmen? Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but you know, the, the character, the actual design of the character, the look of the character, because it is... You know, just you know, three self-insert characters is, you know, is a bit limiting. Right. I mean, and and I don't know. The thing about three houses that makes it a bit different is because of its weapon system. It's not like this person is an axe user. This person is a sword user. Uh, there is you can kind of make anybody into anything if you really try hard enough. Um, it's not like the old answer of just put Hector in. You'll finally have a goddamn axe user. Um, but. Like they they could have done you know they could have done something different they could have used like one of the the dragon people or one of the the monster people or whatever but the reality of the situation is if it was gonna be anybody like if and th- I could say this without spoiling three houses is that because you end up on one side of a war and uh, of a three way war which the game has made quite clear in its trailers material if you've only played one path. You're very likely going to look at, at at one of the other primary characters they could have picked and think that person's a fucking war criminal. 
I don't want to play as them. I know, but Bowser's a war criminal. Ridley's not, a war not criminal. Not really. I mean, Bowser, come on. Bowser's too ineffectual to be a war criminal. <laughs> he's he's a wannabe war criminal. He, he's <laughs> an aspiring war criminal. These people are successful Ridley war criminals. Ridley killed Samus' parents, all right? I mean, but look, do we know why? Like, we assume it was for, <laughs> for bad reasons. I, I still like, mean... Like we don't know, maybe Samus's parents were 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 kind of shitbirds. Like King K. Rool blows up a whole island every time he gets pissed with someone. Like it, it, it's it, that is yeah, not enough but, of a reason. But, for but, them but not you to get be. like the game conditions you to hate these characters. Like if you were on the opposite side, they consistently put things in front of you, going like, "You should hate this person. This person's a bad dude." Um. And so it would be it would be difficult, difficult. Yeah, that's probably the word I want, I want here. Um, if you've only played that one path and you're like, "Yo, what the shit?" Um, no, it's always, it always is the sort of the middle of the road choice, especially for something as big as Smash Brothers. It makes sense. The problem is right. when you keep making that choice over yeah. and over again, especially you know in this case in one the same series, but even you know a lot of the franchises, you could say it's the same thing. I look um, forward to them putting characters in for the Fire Emblem mobile game before they put in somebody from Arms. It's like is, I, I, I see almost you, certainly going to happen. I assume in many respects you probably could have chosen like a much more interested Dragon Quest character than just the hero. Sure, but, but you know what they, they did? You know, like, they, they did the same thing the Dragon Quest team does. Because <laughs> uh, in some cases, the Dragon Quest games are also just that same hero again, having been put to sleep and having their memory wiped because God figured, ah, I might need that one later. You're good enough. Which... Is actually the plot of Dragon Quest Builders, where it's just literally God's like, eh, you did a pretty good job. I'm going to put you on ice for a while. It's like, well, that's kind of a fucked up thing to do. Um, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I wonder, could... I guess what I wonder about the next pack is, will they be able to achieve a sort of balance of, of you know, like in really sort of seemingly fresh additions with, you know, the next Pokemon that they're going to put in or the next I, other game uh, the other might they might feel like it could help to have some synergy there um with a character and a new edition ed- coming out and i'm like God, maybe they've got another animal crossing character up their sleeve for all i yeah know. i mean um, it, got... like it, it could it, you know could it be like three each or yeah and how do you condition the you know the audience to kind of have the right expectations because it's so much it's such a big part of whether something lands well and you get positive buzz or whether it lands with a thud like this and then you know whatever the character is it's it's not getting kind of a fair shake i think i think conditioning they just did it i think i think their actions here just sort of set that tone i think what they have to do better is maybe don't let Sakurai write his own material as much. Mm. <laughs> like I think I think there is a certain amount of the fact that he just like let's have a forty minute intro on Fire Emblem. We made fun of it last week, but it's still worth making fun of. And it, um, it, it like I said, it still raises hilarious possibilities in the future of like where he explains Mario Kart to us or right. you know <laughs> he explains Animal Crossing to us like I mean come on please I mean like if he has to explain Pokemon to us just just shut it down like I give up I can't deal with you anymore but I, I think I think part of it is in the packaging and and so 
I get what you're saying about the DLC for for Fire Emblem being shown there, making it feel like this is just a big dumb Fire Emblem ad. Which I think, well, I think it, that it only added to that sense. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, that, but that, but that's, for, for people who are already looking at it through that lens, it, it paints it even more in that light. But they, it was the right thing to do. And that's the, that's the other part you have to keep in mind. It was the right thing to oh, do. Well, you end up getting way more eyes on that initial right. Fire Emblem DLC reveal than you otherwise would have done. And yeah, some of those eyes are going to be like, oh, no thanks, or oh, this is all a bit too cross-promotional for me. Uh, but then you know, some of those might end up being more interested in it, and it just kind of... Put, look, it's not going to immediately make them want to buy it. I don't think you know what was shown was that persuasive. <laughs> but at the same point, it might just, you put someone on a path where you know you end up ginning up sales a little bit. It just it makes too much sense not to do. Evidently, yeah. I mean, and look, Nintendo's in the business of making money, and and they they made money selling you this ad for another game that they want to make money on. So. I say I do think there is still, God forbid, something to be said for uh, even if the particular character, you know, aesthetically is not that, it's, you know, what it will actually play like will tell oh, you. Oh, sure. Oh, will, yeah, absolutely. Will tell you something about, you know, is this just, uh, you know, like a, a, a shameless kind of promotion where we just reskin some of the Fire Emblem character. And then you know, just use it to sell the new latest Fire Emblem game, or is it something where you know th- there's effort been put in to make the individual I, I, sort of play mechanics a little bit? Obviously, it's getting. It, I've said it. You know, goodness knows how many characters ago. It's getting really difficult to make them feel I, I, entirely unique. But you know, just actually watching the video, like that, I think that there's some interesting ideas in play here, and uh, uh, you know, probably. You know, would I, almost be better off having a different vehicle for them, but it doesn't change the way they play. I, I, I do want to say that it, 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 we need to move on, but I want to at least touch on the fact that I don't think, even if it is just a reskin, I don't think that makes it a shameless in any way. I think I, think I would be happy if we got some reskin, you know, because it's obviously that could mean you could do more than if yeah, you just Yeah, oh did. yeah. No, no, I get it, but again, it's like, I think people would be generally, most people would be pretty ha- okay with that if you know, it's sure. the expectations are kind of all cleared away and it's like, oh, you're not going to pay as much, you know, um, because it's not a, you know, entirely new character. But this, this does seem to have mechanically a strain of novelty in it. So, right. Uh, but, you know, proof's in the pudding when uh, they actually yeah. get their hands on it. All right. Guillaume, uh, could you read the next email? I'm not super into Smash, but, uh, I just wish they had gotten, uh, Steampunk Abraham Lincoln. Well, give it time. <laughs> give it time. I'll tell you what, if anything needs saving, I mean, but that is, that's some necromancy, right? The, the, the kind of thing. You, you, like, you can't save that which was never born. Undead, <laughs> perhaps. But still, I, I like the game. I would, I would be happy. I would have been happy with some kind of thing. Is there a spirit in there somewhere, James? Uh, uh, y- yes, I believe I, there is. I believe there is, but it's, that's as far as it goes. I believe there's uh. an spirit, just the one. Mm. Like, we don't have time enough space for two of these. Uh, so, Jacob from Nebraska writes, Yo, guys, with the Switch's third, third birthday coming up, I thought it would be appropriate for you guys to do a mini Switch report card, a la the old Wii report card you did back in the day. 
Maybe you could do something like 1. Hardware design slash durability, 2. Game selection, and 3. Marketing, messaging, business ceilings. Keep up the good work. Happy Basel Day. Um, <laughs> yeah, at the third birthday, there's that, that's one game that's not on Switch. No, uh, also not well received to say the least. <laughs> uh, maybe we maybe we could get none of the other Parasite Eve games and just that one. <laughs> sure, that sounds like a Capcom ass Capcom thing to do. But since that's Square Enix, but, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, Square Enix is just giving us the Final Fantasies and all you know, of them. Only, well, yeah, but only them and only the mainline ones. No Final Fantasy tactics for you. Uh, we got X2. That's kind of not a mainline one. X- no, it is. Crystal it is. Chronicles is coming still. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, so yeah, eventually. Obviously not Maybe... Final Fantasy, but like the Saga stuff and all that. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe not enough of us have bought Final Fantasy Advance on the, the Wii U Virtual Console to... Yeah, uh, I mean, that's this is all on you. This is on mm. everyone but I thought they fault. only did those in Japan. No, well, you should have both gave a Japanese Advance, Wii U account. Advance and Japanese Advance Wii U. Two, or whatever it's called, they're both uh, on the Wii U eShop. Oh, okay. They Unless that's so, a European American thing, I don't know because I, I only ever had a European Wii U. Uh, so, I oh, okay. Hmm. So if that. you want to play, ja- if you want to play, um, sorry, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance on Switch, go buy it on your Wii U to tell them to make it available for you to buy on Switch. Problem solved. Um, so do we really go, uh, do we really want to go into, de- uh, yeah, into depth like Jacob asks? No, because no, I I, would, I, we could just kind of hide a high that level. Was, yeah, like, the segment he's yeah. referring to was like a whole second segment of the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> for, no. For I the mean, Wii's first birthday back in 2007. Yeah, but I, I don't think we need, I don't think it necessitates going to that little detail because you can kind of look around and get a feel for where the switch well, is. Well, no, I mean, it, when it's the third, it's it's you know it's obviously by definition much more established. So I think you kind of right. you know, mm. I mean, the thing about the the, the one year mark is this feeling of like you've got a lot to kind of go on, but at the same time it's not quite fully established. So you're still like sort of saying, okay, well, how well has it done in this regard so far? And then, you know, well, how does that bode for the rest of the system's life? And, and generally, most systems come out of the gate pretty strong, except for Nintendo's previous two systems. So, you know, eh. But yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, look, look there was... first year can there, be a little fool's gold. There was a time where launches were, you know, incredibly lacking in games, you know, like, uh, just, just in terms of quantity. Whereas yeah, something like Wii U had a shitload of games. Oh, it did. It did. But like the the problems with the Wii U's launch were manifest, like before it even came out. Like we knew we could see the writing on the well, wall. Not to mention just sort of like the firmware. And, you know I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Like, like but it, it generally speaking, the first year of a system should look pretty solid. Well, because I mean, you've got uh, to break through, isn't there? That's the point. Right. I mean, you know, you've got a market where You've got established players, all that, and you've got to prove that you're worth paying attention to. You know, even as, right. we, as we've seen with Nintendo, as powerful as the Nintendo brand is in itself, um, it's not enough to just make anything they put out automatically break through as something that people perceive as a worthwhile platform. Um, right. You know, and so 
in that sense, you know, the, the first year of Switch, you know, they kind of had to do that where they'd failed uh, previously and they did it, you know, very well. Uh, Zelda, I think, had a, um, you know, kind of big part to play in that, but also, you know, the sort of stream of games they had, you know, Mario Kart 8 being another big one, Splatoon 2, and then culminating in Mario at the end of the year, you know, it, it was, it was really nicely kind of uh, spaced out and obviously it had a lot to do with you know, the sort of um, the inheritance that it got from Wii U. You know, for the, obviously, Wii U was uh, commercially problematic, but that gave them advantages. It gave them advantages like Mario Kart 8 up their sleeve, like Zelda up their right. sleeve. You know? <laughs> like, so <laughs> in a way, you know, that, that was as, as nasty as that experience was. It, they managed to turn it into a springboard um you know so some of you know what switch gets right is you know partially a function of of you know where where you got and fell down well i think i think the biggest thing so if we're, if we're gonna actually try to get into the health ratings i mean the we the switch is a healthy platform by any number of metrics it's it's on its second year in a row of uh, a second full year of being the number one selling console in north america no in japan sure, it's like ridiculously japan, dominant isn't it it's got to like 80 yeah. percent of the market like super famicom levels of yeah. domination obviously that's partially just a question of uh, the cyclical you know sort of factors how they're lining up you know you've got the switch in the very prime of its life versus a ps4 winding down not to mention that's a home console only whereas japan for many many years now is skewed towards portable uh console so you put that together and it's not shocking by any means that you've got to that kind of 80 20 split but still it's you haven't seen that kind of uh, dominance for nintendo since the you know the the 16-bit days yeah i mean yeah yeah so they and the ps4 had a relatively low uptick in japan so there, yeah, it, there's it's all a home console there's a ceiling on how it, yeah. it's done pretty well considering like you know because it's it's just this the, there's only so far it can go really seemingly if you can't play it portably in japan yeah so it it's it's healthy from a pure sales standpoint we've talked about how it seems to have games that are it's got enough games in its catalog at this point that they would probably expect an individual who buys a Switch to buy four, three or four games, um, which that Nintendo published themselves, which to them probably makes every Switch sale an extremely profitable enterprise. Because if you're going to buy a Switch, the numbers don't lie. You're probably buying Mario Kart and Smash and Zelda, which, all right, that's three sales on Nintendo published games. They probably feel pretty great about that. Um, They've been able to, despite their ridiculous decision to launch a paid mobile strat or online strategy (laughs) with the fucking mobile device as your speaker thing. um, They seem to have gotten through that with relatively um, uh, little pushback no it's interesting though isn't it because there's a number of sort of like i guess you could call them gaffes like that they've made but it just hasn't i mean just screw up yes yeah absolutely that just haven't really mattered you know like on the question of like hardware design durability like that the 
the Joy-Con drift stuff is really bad. I mean, by Nintendo's own standards, you would normally we're like, oh, this Game Boy perfectly workable in the Iraq War, but you know, like a a, a Joy-Con joystick can't remain functional beyond like a few months. It's uh, it's really rubbish in a way, but. Because the Switch has you know, been just from the point of view of the games you can play on it and just the, the core kind of lifestyle element of you know, taking it on the go and playing it in front of the TV, it, 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 everybody, not everybody by any stretch, but it, broadly the market has forgiven them. Yeah, I guess that may be the, uh, because there's such a high volume of people who want a Switch or who own a Switch and are playing it and are generally like a, the, the silent majority, right? They're generally happy with what the Switch gives them. Um, that, that kind of like the, the, their silence drowns out the, the vocal minority who's complaining about yeah. online, uh, you know, the way that you have to deal with uh, voice online, the, the, the anemic support for Super Nintendo and Nintendo, uh, online. Um, yeah, I, so, so that, that's, that's kind of weird that way. Like the, the Switch is so popular that it does kind of make them impervious to, criticisms because there's always going to be there, there's all there's so many people waiting to replace anyone who could be putting down their switch because of the, you know in disgust because of however you know, however like well we might grade them for their marketing or whatever as uh, jacob suggests it, it the fact is you don't do what the switch has done commercially without good word of mouth so right. clearly there sure. are people who are, uh, you know, like you said, they might not be, um, you know, uh, that vocal, but they're vocal enough in their own circles to kind of perpetuate um, you know, the notion that this is something worth owning. Well, and, sure. And, and to, to Guillaume's point, like I hear people who grumble about the Joy-Con drift, but they're still playing a bunch of Switch games. Well, they. Uh, if you're talking about me, James, uh, I wasn't. But we, okay, we we did buy a second gamepad for for uh, gamepad pro for for Karen, so we're just not using the Joy-Con anymore. <laughs> I mean, um, I wasn't I wasn't talking about you, but okay, that's fair. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there I know multiple people on the staff who were like, "Hey, I I have the drift issue." I'm like, "Would you fix it?" No, I'm I'm just still playing it. I was like, "Well, okay, it must not be the end of the world then, because." Uh, it's, 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 uh, it bothers me, certainly. I'll tell you what, I mean, yeah. even, even the right stick on my, and this is my second pair of Joy-Con, I mean, the right stick obviously doesn't get as much sort of, uh, usage, yeah, you because know, there's plenty of, especially the games I right. play, where you're not using it for camera control or whatever in like a 2D game. Um, is going funny, like not that long after I've had these, you know, the red, uh, Joy-Con from Japan. Um, you know, so every now and again, I'm playing, you know, a game of Smash Brothers online, and it's like a crucial stage of the match. It's just, oh, he just does a, 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 a smash attack out of nowhere because the, it thinks the right stick is moving when it's not. Like, you know, it's, mm. it's pretty annoying, but have I stopped playing Smash Brothers? <laughs> Fucking right, you know, no chance. You know, I'm still going to yeah, be are you gonna? What are you going to play instead? PlayStation All-Star? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Your outside options are great if you really yeah, want I that mean, kind of gameplay. <laughs> so, so, like, yeah, I would say that overall, the hardware of the Switch has seemed to hold up pretty damn well. 
but the the Joy-Con issues are a big problem. Yeah, uh, the the Joy-Con are some of the worst controllers that Nintendo has put yeah, out. Yeah, and usually the, memory, it's one of the stronger parts of Nintendo's reputation. And yeah. and and then you've had like more in some ways more inexplicable things like the D-pad on the Pro Controller not being particularly good, and it's it's yeah. uh, you know all these sorts of things that uh, you know I think in different circumstances you know in more troubled commercial waters would be a far bigger kind of. Uh, I, I think I think you're overselling the average consumer on that one. I think I think in, we would it unless the controllers are hyper fucked up like the Batarang PS3. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If that's ever going to break into like the high, like the the broad conversation beyond the enthusiast. Oh yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you don't have, if if it's exactly what Guillaume said, if you kind of down to like Wii U level user base, then that's oh, that's who yeah. you've got. And then it's like a, a significant percentage of the customers you have are going to be annoyed with this problem, and you might actually have to you know, move to fix it. Whereas in this case, it's like, eh. we're, we're right. fuck you. We got, we got, you, we got. You. Honestly, though, they right. have fixed like the, it for a lot of people, but it's like, yeah, it, it's 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 less of a priority for them. Yeah, and the the D pad thing. I mean, um, just look at. Uh, do you even use the D pad? And we just mentioned three. I don't think I ever tried, but you certainly don't. In Link's Awakening, uh, and it, it makes him say Mario. Right. Okay. So yeah. So in in the a number Awakening, of different ways, a, a Game Boy game. Yes. It was a, a stick only. So it's just uh, that's Nintendo's solution. They're not going to fix your D pad. They're just not going to make you use it unless you want to play Super Nintendo online games. But then they're just not going to release those. So problem I mean, solved. This, this is one of those like Nintendo will fix it someday, but they'll just like they'll release a revision that seems to have fixed it. They're they gonna announce they fixed it? Fuck you no. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Like I as I said, we just bought a new uh GamePad Pro. Uh, it does it did feel kind of a little bit different the first few times I tried it, but um the D pad is the same. I don't know. I don't well, see Well yeah, uh, but eventually they're gonna make a new controller altogether and that will fix it. Like that that's my point mm. is that they, they it is not a priority for them. They were too busy trying to to make the the Switch mini micro. Light, <laughs> light. So, when when a uh, weird situation that the switch uh, finds itself in, at least in my case, maybe I, uh, well, I am an outlier in that I, I was not a, I did have a PlayStation Three, but I, I did not play games on it that heavily. Um, the switch kind of has to make up uh, the the Wii U and the Wii's lack of third party support in some ways. And by third party, I really mean like the, the indies. Like I, I don't know. To me, the, the, the WiiWare could not accommodate a lot of the, the bigger XBLA titles, the one that made a splash and the, the WiiWare could, yes. WiiWare couldn't, yeah. And Wii U was just not popular enough for, for most uh, developers to bother. It kind of, um, yeah. It kind of, Wii U was kind of shockingly good for indie games considering. It was so niche. Right. Yeah, considering that was all that was coming out for months at the time. No, you yeah. think of but, the, but then you what? know you you would get um, um, studios like uh, Double Fine put out like Costume Quest Two and the thing, but not Costume Quest One, and that was the one game that they plus the Cave. Um, 
that they brought over, but then I guess they didn't sell all too well because they kind of stopped. And mm-hmm. then it took them a while before porting their games to Switch. But as I said, like, so the Switch finds itself in kind of a situation where it has to make up for that, or at least in my mind it does, but it, it kind of manages to in a way because I, one of the games I'm playing right now is Bastion, a 2011 game, which we were could not have gotten, uh, but you know, like it was very well regarded. It was a big XBLA uh, success, and uh, now I'm playing in the Switch. Um, but at the same time, that makes it so that the the stuff that we've been missing all this time as uh, Nintendo mainly Mint- Nintendo players, um, like the the absence of certain games is kind of defines also. The Switch, you know, like you, you can't look at the multitude of games that the Switch gets without also thinking, oh yeah, but it would be neat if it would also get that game. Oh that's yeah, over. especially because it feels like the gates are open from so many different eras. That, you know, like they are right. going back, and you know, you're getting ports from, you know. Not just uh, you know the kind of 2010s, but you know 2000 to tw- you know to 2009, even you know farther yeah. back than that. When you think of stuff like you know two rock ports and all that, I mean, it's yeah, it, the, the gates have opened up far enough that it's like, well, God, can't, they can open further, right? Like, God, is there any <laughs> limit to this? Like, it could just be completely insane. I mean, there's still. You know, there's more stuff seemingly, I think, was it by... Well, I'm still surprised that uh, Doom 64 is coming out. <laughs> it was heavily rumored for a while, but yeah, like that that's coming out. And it it's like, okay, in my wildest dreams, I never thought that Doom 64 would come out. I had been hoping, though, and it's happening. So what does that mean about all the other N64 games that I wouldn't mind giving it a shot? It means you need to dream better, Guillaume. Ah, <laughs> uh, well... I don't know. I, I've always been curious about that. So game, you, so you, hear, just... you hear good things because it's like it is yeah. its own game, right? It's it's not. Yeah, just it's fine. A, it's fine. It's not just a, a sixty-four version of an existing Doom game, or the two of them kind of just you know, completely right. bits and pieces sort of slapped together. It's, it is its own Doom game that people seem to like, but um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, the the selection part is got to be where it grades out best for me uh, by far. Really. I mean, obviously, you've got Nintendo's mm-hmm. done a, a pretty good job with their own, uh, you know, first-party stuff and the, the games that they've sort of signed up from other people and all that. But uh, yeah, the, the combination of you know the wide breadth of current games with this, you know, pretty far, including roots. including I think it's more shocking, Doom Eternal. Yeah, exactly. Like, so the the quote unquote AAA stuff, all the way down to the smallest indie games. Uh, you know, everything that's current is you know not literally everything. Obviously, you have exclusives for other systems and things that just aren't feasible. But a shocking amount of what is current, you know, if you roll back expectations pre-switch is here and then you've got this sort of constant reach into sort of gaming's back catalogue to say well what you know to some extent it's just stuff that's coming back in general but i think in other cases it's clear like, well okay what what might dedicated nintendo players have not been exposed to 
uh, you know, before or for a while and kind of bringing those back as well. So that's where it grades out very, very well. Uh, the only, yeah, di- right. the only, the only thing I would knock down a grade for selection would be is kind of, yeah, you kind of feel like Nintendo's own retro efforts could have been more robust. Um, so, you know, Switch Online, you know, NES games, Super NES games, it's nice. It's the model has given us some stuff that, you know, you wouldn't have probably got any other way. You know, these sort of weird inclusions that, um, either, you know, a publisher wouldn't necessarily have put it on there for a, you know, a, a dedicated purchase. And even if they had, you probably wouldn't have bought it, you know, <laughs> like, but, you know, stuff like, um, Vice Project Doom and, you know, now you've got Journey to Silius come on there and stuff like that. Like that, that's what, um, you know, kind of is the good side, but I don't feel like they've capitalized on that nearly as much as they could have done. Um, so yeah. th- that would be the one kind of demerit in that category for me. See, I'm withholding judgment there because it doesn't, I, I forget to check it as it is. So it's like, well, this is the problem. It'd be when... cool to have more, but I'm underwater as is. Yeah, that's the thing. The selection is so powerful in general that it's you know that in itself can't really kind of be that much of a problem so yeah i I think as a as a platform holder it's been imminently successful and you hear about things like uh, there was i'm blanking on what the game was but there was a game they announced yesterday uh their sale as an indie game their sales have been pretty poor compared to what they were anticipating but they noted that the switch version was still their best seller um and they basically did a fire sale um, which is worrying uh, for that publisher or that developer, um, but at the same time, it's a it's a consistent refrain of like, hey, we release um, game on various digital platforms. It sells super well on Switch relative to not just its size in the marketplace, at PS4, or PC, or whatever, but just in general, um, despite the bad eShop, uh, which means Nintendo is consistently <laughs> consistently making money as a platform holder for their cut. So, I mean, as a money-making venture, we know it's done exceptionally well. Um, as a as a very quiet way to push the 3DS into obscurity, it succeeded probably faster than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, uh, it, they, they, it had an accomplice in Nintendo's knife going in the 3DS's back. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you feel like they were prepared to kind of support the 3DS for longer. But they right. didn't really. But they, they didn't, didn't really want to. Yeah, they didn't really want to. You know, if the switch was going to do what they hoped it would, uh, uh, then they could kill it off quicker, and that's that's very much what happened. But, yeah, they, I mean, they, the 3DS had a, the dagger. The 3DS had a good run. I mean, oh, oh no, especially it did, it did, for a but... system that that had a kind of nightmarish first year for, uh, up to a point. It, right. it it had a good life and lots of really good games. But if you. If you told me I had to, I could probably sit down and find the day the secret boardroom meeting happened at Nintendo where they said, yeah, poison the dagger. Like, we need to get this done now. Because, uh, I mean, you can feel it. You can feel that, like, they felt confident enough with the Switch that, yep, it can go. Um, the, 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 the thing that, and John actually touched on it last week. Um, and it was really salient, and he's not going to hear this, so I can say that. <laughs> um, um, is that he uh, he noted that now he got his dates wrong because of course he did. Um, but the 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 double tap of that first year of open with the Zelda, close with the Mario, and they're both really fucking good, 
and and really attract attention. Um, I think the Switch has done a lot, and you could say it's the games, but I think it's the combination. Oh yeah, um, no, I no, th- like I said, you, I think... you only have to look at the experience of other Nintendo hardware to to see you know, as, right. as wonderful as 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 Nintendo's you know, as, as Breath of the Wild and Odyssey in particular are, and so it's not just that, is it? You know, it's not oh god, well, you know, three D World was just nowhere near as good, or you know, it, it's 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 a lot more about it is about it is about the hardware design, it is about the messaging, and it's about how they mesh together. Right, I think, I think, and I, God, I'm gonna sound like a marketing jackass, so I apologize ahead of time. I think, I think they sort of captured people's imaginations a little bit better, and that was sort of what their strong suits always been. Like they, they weren't gonna come in swinging on like the most high end tech, at least not in the last twenty years. Uh, they were gonna try to get you, you know, with what makes them them, and that felt very passe during the Wii U era. And even to an extent during the mid to late Wii era, like Nintendo doing Nintendo became kind of a pejorative. Oh, Nintendo's good at Nintendo. Um, but that opening run, that first year, really sort of reset that term. That, that, that phrase became a net positive. Oh shit, Nintendo's good at Nintendo. And it's like, they're going to make things that are interesting and unique. And the platform is available to me when I want it on my terms. And I'll play these games and I'll consume them and I'll enjoy them. And I think I think it, this really differentiated themselves from their competitors. Like Their games obviously have always been trying to do that. But the fact that they are now quite literally doing something their competitors do not mechanically when you play their games, I think has... Has effectively allowed them to, you know, re-internalize that and re and put that in a position where they can say, "We are different. We can stand out more effectively. We are more inviting because of what we've built." It is, it is, despite its flaws, a appealing prospect and piece of hardware we have put together. It seems both um, uniquely Nintendo esque, but also techno. Like it, it feels like a technological achievement. Even though, really, it's not a huge achievement. It feels that way. It feels more advanced and sophisticated than it really is. Like, these things all work together in a way that, uh, you know, I think I think overall, if the question is, like, what's their report card? They're great. Not, I mean, as good as they could possibly expect to do. Yeah, so for me, I, you know, selection, I, I think you, you score well. Messaging and all that, I think they score very well for the most part. Um, but it re- it really is just um, kind of the the most basic kind of nuts and bolts things on the hardware design that they've got wrong, which is like is is usually something you could trust them to get right. <laughs> it's uh is it's a strange one, but um, yeah, I don't know what that says about their priorities going forward in terms of what this experience I, I, I has you- shown them about what's important to get right. I would I would argue there's a real possibility that the issues they've run into are largely a fu- uh, from the hardware standpoint are largely a function of they're making this thing that's different, and so mistakes were made ultimately that are not easily backed away out or repaired, and we're just kind of stuck there for now. Um, I would say on the on the technical standpoint for like the networking and the lack of options on their subscriptions or like. I think all of this is going to end up just coming down to they jumped in ass first and didn't understand what they needed to make. Um, I, I, 
I suspect, I suspect, I'm not making a prediction because I am not that much of a lunatic, <laughs> um, that this will be better on their next, on their next go. Um, that these things that we are frustrated with will be better. They will screw up something else. <laughs> it's, they it's just a, will. There's always something Except else. Except that. But yeah, it's, like, yeah, I've kind of, I've not used the Switch Lite, so I can't comment on, you know, where that uh, hardware design kind of addresses the, um, any of the issues and just how well it holds up by itself. But yeah, it was something that, um, it was always on the cards. Uh, I feel like as uh, you know, kind of the more affordable mm. version. But of course, what's also uh, you know, presumably uh, coming up is the premium version. And I guess the question for that is going to be, you know, the the kinds of people you target for that, or you know, maybe the kinds of people that um, will be upset by some of these issues persisting. So maybe in that sense, there might be a little bit more of a commercial imperative to to get that stuff right when you know whatever I mean, presumably there'll be some under the hood improvements or you know revisions or just keeping pace with current standards or whatever but uh, just like you know build quality all that kind of stuff doing a premium version it kind of it, it would make sense to get those things right yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put any any stock in anything you're reading right now with respect to what this is no, or it's, what just, if, it's just it's just it's just if it is a family of systems inevitability it's not about the the information that's out there right uh, no that that wasn't directed at you that was directed in general um because i have seen people referencing material that i know to not be accurate as fact that is established it's like nope no nope, fucking stop stop it fucking check your sources just just please please god check your sources this isn't complicated do some before you copy paste that link do some goddamn homework um if it's a source in a chinese factory told the fuck don't trust it goddamn um anyway uh yeah i mean if i'm gonna grade them i i think the marketing's been kind of kind of soft not 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 poor. I think I think in general their marketing has done a pretty good job. And they've, in they've, the very and they've imp- spent the money as well. I mean, you know, yeah. they've they've you know you see figures about you know uh, relative to you know sort of a similar kind of competing interests. It, 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 you know, they have put the money behind it. Obviously, you know, once it gets to a certain level of success, you feel more sanguine about you know, <laughs> spending more because uh, you kind of feel like it's not going to go to waste. Yeah, but I think I think you know the marketing is is cheesy in the Nintendo way. I just accept that. Uh, I think what what surprises me a little bit just it's a just communicating the, the concept. That was the big thing. That was right. what they had to get right. You know that that and they did. That's what's that's what grades well in the hardware design is more the the conceptual element of it rather than the actual fabricated element of it. Right, like it's it's so much clearer than the Wii U. Yeah, in every it, way. It, that's the thing. It's an easier thing to communicate. So in a sense, you could say, well, the marketing's just you know. It's just getting an easier pitch to hit, but they have hit it, right? I, I they they so they also like their swing form was better, regardless. <laughs> like they 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 were on the ball to keep these fucking uh, the, the, the analogies going. Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, th- th- this is this is unqualified tier of success. This is you know, this feels more. 
This feels less bubbly than the Wii. The Wii, Wii, Wii then not, excuse me, than Wii. Yes, uh, <laughs> very, very well done. Success of Wii, because I don't think you're supposed to be possessive, <laughs> um, was very clearly a bubble. Well, and, and also, and I, 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 I mean, I, I, I don't think it helped with Wii that, yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the financial crisis and the ensuing downturn was a Right. Was a, there was a bubble. It was in the there prime of its... Bubble. Don't forget, you know, I mean, when, when that happens in, you know, the kind of uh, autumn of 2008, the Wii U hasn't been on the market for two years, you know? And right. I mean, even with that, it still had some of its biggest, uh, you know, kind of seasons after that. At a time when, like I said, you know, the Wii was quite happy to... You know, it embraced being frivolous. And yet, oh, you yeah. know, like it's bound to be as a frivolous purchase, it's bound to have been a, a, a significant of cutbacks from people. You know, that, that that just that kind of spending just had to go because belts were tightening, you know, all over the world. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, you could sort of make an argument in the other direction, like staycations or, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, when we're talking about the global economy, there's a lot of different, you know, variables and, you know, effects in different directions. But broadly, it, it, it that would, that definitely, I think, kind of helped ensure that the, the, um, the kind of, craze or whatever you want to say like the the real the, the Wii was more of a bubble than than it might have been right but i mean like th- there are actually like you can look at the classic indications of a bubble economy on Wii and go oh look people are buying them on ebay for three times its price no yeah. people who have no interest in the hardware are acquiring them people are it's like this is a fucking bubble yeah, it's just like this well, has... people. Yeah, it's just at a certain point it becomes like okay, people are interested in it because they've heard other people are interested in it. Like it's so kind of right. built on nothing. <laughs> so, but this feels authentic. Like in in a different sort of. It's not that the Wii wasn't a success. Wii was a huge success. It made Nintendo trillions of dollars. And there were many people who bought it who did actually play a variety of games. You know, yeah, it wasn't but, just uh, you know Wii Sports or Smash Brothers or Wii Fit or uh, Mario Kart, whichever one they got with it. You know, at that particular time. But we don't talk about the Wii's success and go. <laughs> What's up with that? That's crazy. I mean, excuse me, the Switch's success and, and like laugh and go. What's up with that? That's crazy. We talk about the Switch's success and we say like, yeah, I can see why. Everything makes sense. It it being successful in the way it is, is, you know, insofar as anything in technology is sustainable, is sustainable. Because what it's offering is still unique. Yeah, and also, like I said, I think, you know, they, this is a different cycle that they're looking for, you know, in terms of sustainability. Right. They are looking for something that can be refreshed periodically but it isn't the sort of typical you know it, it, kind of console cycles which have, uh, have been generally more kind of bubble-like uh, almost built in to you know, the, the, the expectation of like look after a certain number of years people are going to lose interest so you know we've got to move on to the next thing and then of course you know that becomes the expectation of the market and it kind of fed into each other and became this sort of equilibrium position of uh, you know kind of cycles coming and going whereas now you know those dynamics uh, are changing across the board really uh, it's not just right. nintendo that it's changing for you see 
you're with the other Sony Microsoft type, the, the cycle is kind of elongated, but quite a bit wider than that kind of five well, and, years and that, that used to be the same. Not, not, not that I'm paying attention to it, but uh, it has uh, like the cycle of iPhones and stuff like that also slowed down. Certainly no! the iPads. No. They, they don't come out with new iPads all the time now, right? Yes. Oh, really? At, at a minimum once a year. Oh, well, that's sad. Um, now, they may not be full number jumps. Yeah. But they, 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 they are, right, that, that's what's changed, it's I guess. The, the, there are the, new revisions every year. It's the kind of refreshing rather than the, the kind of hard break, I guess. That's... I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's, but that's kind of an established practice. I mean, automobiles is the same way. Like, you can buy a 2019. It's probably almost identical to the 2018 with some tweaks. Uh, and then around... 2021 they'll give it a fairly significant upgrade but it's still the same car and then in 2024 it's a brand new car like they've 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 they spent the last three years building a new thing the only thing it shares is the old name it's like yeah there's a cycle to these things that and every product goes through them because eventually you have to take it off the market yeah but it's definitely a more i think it's a more muddled kind of cycle now and yeah i, I think nintendo I think what's the kind I, of take the 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 well the kind of I would argue diminish... that, that game console go on sorry go ahead I was I was going to argue that game consoles have just caught up with everything else everything else oh always yeah had the idea I I, of, I think the... Nintendo was the and and, mo- and probably other companies that I can only imagine as well you want to kind of smooth the cycle out a bit more you know than, than right. has been like you said I think the problem is. Some of the other products that Nintendo's had, even the successful ones, have lent themselves to kind of sharp cyclical fluctuations. Uh, whereas right. now, uh, you know, probably the feeling that the market is ready for and, you know, Nintendo with like hardware refreshes and a unified platform and all these other things is ready for something that is more stable. There's still going to be a cyclical component there, but it's more stable and that's, you know, far nicer for, you know, reporting your earnings to the investors and making your planning yeah. decisions for where, how you're going to spend money and invest in the future and all that good stuff oh by the way this also let nintendo deprioritize their others their other money-making ventures that they were talking about during the darkest times so that now when we are reminded that universal studios japan nintendo is gonna world of nintendo is opening before the olympics we go oh my god it's opening but it's like y'all they told us that Five years ago, long, long time ago. Yeah, well, they they said like this was always the plan. Oh, and you know, I think they'll still be looking to diversify. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely, but they don't have to talk about it as exactly. Much. I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Is that we were in as much as you know, we kind of harken back to the Nintendo directs, where it's like here's uh, Fire Emblem Cross Shimogami Tensei, like way before we should be talking about it, and here's Yoshi's Woolly World way before we should be talking about. It. And he's Zelda. Blade Chronicles X yeah, Zel- people walking. That went beyond just the consumer facing stuff. It went to, you know, their investor relations stuff. You know, let's talk right. about quality of life and all this other stuff that, that again, uh, different circumstances, we would not be talking about this yet because you'd all just be happy with the earnings we're posting and you wouldn't need to be told what's, what's in the oven potentially. It, it, it- 
hey guys, we just recorded a podcast about a video game movie, mentioned the Super Mario Brothers movie multiple times, and neglected to mention Nintendo's already licensed out the rights to make a new Mario movie to the Minion Studio. Yeah. We just totally slipped our mind. Why? Because Nintendo's not talking about it. No, no, it's true. It has been quite quiet for a while. I don't know whether they'll need to kind of raise that back into the awareness with the Sonic movie coming out. You know, it's like, oh, no, we can't, can't have our uh, your thunder stolen by Sonic after all this time. We're gonna, I remember, I think it was when the Burton Batman came out, like Marvel tried to like steal their thunder by saying, ah, but we've got a Spider-Man movie coming out. Jim Cameron's going to direct and Schwarzenegger's oh going to be Dr. Octopus. And it's like, mm, yeah, if you don't remember that, that's because it never happened. Well, I mean, all Sonic's going to go out there and do is do what it always does, which is lower the bar for everybody else. So be fun. <laughs> so, come on. There's some good Sonic uh, games. Not in the last 20 years. Sonic Mania is good, but that is... It's yeah. it's kind of a fan game. It's cheating and kind yeah, of an yeah, old exactly. game. So. It's it, it explicitly lives scenes from a twenty plus year old game. Yeah, no, it and, doesn't count. Yeah, uh, Sonic Colors was was fun. I mean, it wasn't like bulletproof, brilliant like stuff. All but... right, fine. I'll, I'll set I'll set the bar at fourteen years. <laughs> so where was so? When was Sonic Colors? What was that? Um... It's older than you think. It, it was is. definitely after Super Mario Galaxy. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, <laughs> what's what's your first hint? But yeah, it was probably like 2009. I, I want to say. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, that that's gonna do it for us this week. We've already recorded 2010. Up- we should have put it in our top ten of the decade, but it had been the only yes, weekend on our, our, our mentions. I'm trying. Uh, it's, it's probably true, got guys. a little bit overshadowed. If, if it was 2010, yeah, Galaxy Two had it beat for platformers released in 2010. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. We're a little long on these emails, so we'll do some more emails next time. Um, we have some quick plugs to get through. First and foremost, uh, if you are a Nintendo World Report Patreon, thank you. Uh, for a dollar a month, you can listen to us talk more. I don't know if that's a net positive or a net negative. You don't have to listen. I mean, you could just give us the money. We will take it. Um, this helps finance the various uh, expenditures the site has, uh, hosting, um, uh, odds and ends, costs that we have. Uh, it's just, it's just a way to keep things moving. Uh, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough being a website that doesn't produce you know content that gets billion hit scale to be able to cover to cover expenses. And so we uh, we do that. We do that this way. This is one of the ways we make some money to get that to make that possible for you, so you can listen to things like like this. I guess. Um, but for a dollar a month, you get another episode of us. We have seven of those things now. We mentioned earlier. Uh, emails, as always, go to rfnandintendoworldreport.com. I think I said it four times. So that's plenty. Um, the retroactive. We are doing a retroactive. I'm going to say it's first or second week of February. Uh, second week of February, because the first week of February is next week. Uh, on... Rhythm Thief. Rhythm Thief. Yes, sorry. Yeah. It's, I'm tired. Uh, for 3DS, uh, it is available digitally on the eShop. You can go buy it and get it and play it, which you should because it's the retroactive game. Then you can post your comments in the talkback thread that is attached to the article that I write about this show at NintendoWorldReport.com. That's a re- plug all the way back around to the start. That's a plug circle. 
So, gentlemen, it's time for us to wrap up the show. Greg, do you have some music for us? I do. We had an, uh, a recent request in for something from The World Ends With You, which was, a, what was that, 2008 uh, Square Enix DS RPG. Yeah. yeah, but it got a, a, a new version on Switch last year, I believe, the, the f- uh, final remix, which was based on the iOS version. Right. It, I guess it kind of fell into a little bit of a similar kind of place as Ghost Trick that we talked about. It was a very much a DS game, and then you get the iOS version. But in this case, World Edge with You has been you know released on Switch now, so it's you know, more accessible uh, and all that. But uh, the, that request only reminded me of a uh, earlier one that was made uh, by Caesar for a song from the world ends with you uh newborn uh which is a kind of um down like slower tempo remix of the hybrid battle theme that i think if you've played um the world ends with you at all um i played it um we we did the retroactive like when it was quite new i think like it was probably only yes. a couple of years old um but yeah i but that was 10 years ago now <laughs> so yeah I, it's I'd, been a while it's still you know even in this sort of uh, slower tempo form straight away you know i recognized it um so yeah this this kind of takes that you know, very 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 distinctive um soundtrack in general um and and takes this sort of battle theme within that and and twists it into uh something uh quite different in feel uh that caesar very much liked so yep uh enjoy and like i said the nice thing is this this is something that you can go back to even though it was you know, like super ds originally you know, with the like the two battles like happening at once and you know kind of touch screen and all that. It, it was very much of of the platform yeah well i uh am terrified of how long ago that was because i'm now realizing it's like three former places i lived to go so (laughs) that's a good that's a good way to go out on the show so as always gentlemen thank you for joining me this week and thank you for listening bye everybody bye 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 Shock has. Imma,